Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. I welcome in my co-host, Long Beach's newest hero, the Beanie, a.k.a. Gerard Barrera. Hello, this is the Beanie. What's up, my favorite nerds? We are joined tonight by our bouncing baby boy, Theo Walski. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> goo goo gaga. So rude. Goo goo gaga. Yeah. It is your it is your birthday. It's your birthday. So. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm old, but I'm still the baby of the group. But wait, m- m- Mr. Beanie, what is your superpowers? Uh, kicking back to and grow, to grow a beard better than the rest of us. That and kicking back no. and showing you how to party. He has a uh, he has a CD launcher. For that stack of CDs, <laughs> yes, in his room. <laughs> they were from storage. Uh-huh. Doesn't make and it I'm in any the process better. of getting rid of them. Makes it no. It doesn't yeah. make it any better. I don't know. Jerk yeah. face. <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, Jason's still recovering from his battles with the Valkyrie, so he isn't able to join us tonight. Um, so how you guys doing? I'm doing great. Rearrange I- my room. Room. I cleaned the house. I was productive. I was a full-fledged today. You mean you were an adult? Sure, that was today or just like an hour? <laughs> no, no. That was today. The rest of the week, I really don't want to talk about. Oh, you don't want. Oh, you don't want to talk about it, huh? No, because uh, you'll just zero. Think yeah, I did zero. nothing. You I had days nothing. off. I, I had two days off, and I did nothing. He did play some Borderlands. I played Borderlands, yeah. So that was it. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about some of that stuff that we've been playing in the latter part of the podcast. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so it came out that Netflix has renewed Stranger Things for a fourth season. I know Jerry, you're a big fan of the series. Theo, you've watched it before. I can't really get into it. I don't know what it is. It's so weird that you don't because you're such a Goonies fan. Yeah, I love Goonies, and I love a lot of the references they have in it. So I don't know why. I just I just can't get into it. Maybe I need to take another crack at it. Maybe watch yeah. Goonies first just to get you in the mood, and then watch it. Ooh, but then I'll be let down because it's not the Goonies. Yeah, and then you don't deserve to watch Stranger Things. I don't know. We'll see. But you know, I don't know. I, I think it's. I feel. I just. But uh, I think it's impressive that it. Netflix is letting it go beyond season three because most of their well, shows now they're canceling after season three. Not I'm most. Too, especially, I, especially their uh, their veteran shows. Like that, if they have a following, they'll keep going. Um, didn't they just cancel a cartoon show that they had? That's a cartoon oh. show, and Volt, and same with Voltron. Voltron's done. Orange and the Orange is the New Black went eight seasons, seven or eight seasons. But that's not the norm lately. You know, they cancel all the Marvel shows because Marvel made their move. Like they were making another yeah. deal. Next question. Yeah. Next argument. Next argument. How do we feel about How do we feel about Travis Knight being director of Uncharted? Once again, I could care less. I don't know. I mean, I don't care who's the director. I just want to see a a teaser trailer to to see something good. That's it. I mean, as long as it's as long as it's still a young Nathan Drake, like he's a teenager, Mm -hmm. it's fine with me. Well, and that's the thing is, Tom Holland's still attached. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, it's still slated for a December 18th, 2020 release date. So at this point, they better get cracking on a, on starting to film that thing. Um, yes. As, as we can hear, we're also joined by uh, my little sidekick. Who's decided to come grace us with his presence tonight because Jason can't. So we need a fourth. Anyway, so speaking of Tom Holland... It has come out in The Hollywood Reporter that Tom Holland actually saved the MCU Spidey and got helped get that deal done um, because after the split, he began reaching out to Sony head Tom Rothman and to Disney, uh, Disney head rather uh, Bob Iger. And what really did it was his D23 appearance, that emotional statements to the fans. Mm. So it's awesome. Yeah, got to give it to Tom Holland for helping get that taken care of. Um, yeah, that's we, great. We deserve to see the trilogy finished out and make me wonder how they're going to use him for Avengers because they get the deal well, overall, is overall we deserve to have Spider-Man in the MCU. Yeah. So the deal is one yes. more. Yep, it's one more MCU movie and one more Spider-Man movie. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yep. And Faye's going to be producer for it. Um, that that's all the deal is, is two pictures and that's it. So a lot of people are thinking we're going to see pretty much like a Spidey end game for, uh, the third and final movie, which I think would be nice for Marvel to do as they decommission more mm-hmm. characters to like actually give closure on them and not like just all of a sudden just cut them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, it kind of hurts because from every every everything we've we've heard from Kevin Feige and the rest of Marvel, they had big plans for for Spider Man. Like he was going to be like where where RDJ was at the first Iron Man. Like he was going to mm-hmm. be part of it. For they had long they had longevity plans for Spider Man, and now the, a lot of that. I kind of get cut the feeling. Short. I get the feeling that they had bigger plans for Captain Marvel more than they did Spider-Man. Well, Captain Captain Marvel is is headlining the next phases. Yeah. But right. with those next phases, like Spider-Man was supposed to be an integral part and like like kind of become his own person, his own his own man. Like he wasn't going to need mentoring. Like at, by the end, we were going to see Spider-Man as a whole, like as a man being able to do, you know, what he's able to do on his own. Right. He wouldn't less, need a mentor or like. Less we're of the childish screw ups. Yeah, because we're seeing him going through those screw ups. And by the end, I think their idea was to for us to see him like like now Spider-Man's ready, like he's on his own. Yeah. So. So speaking of Spider-Man, um. I know you guys just saw it for the first time tonight, but uh, dailybugle.net. Talk about some great marketing on the the part of Sony for creating that website. Um, Now, before the whole new deal got announced, they had basically started doing these stories, like firsthand witnesses accounts of the blip, where these people were saying they got, you know, snapped out of existence. And then when they got blipped back, they were still in the same spot they were in. And one of those stories was this guy, Jack uh, Triconi, who basically said he was working on a movie, was supposed to be jumping across buildings, mm. and he got blipped mid-jump, 
And when he came back, he fell all the way to the ground. But because it had been five years, you know, the movie set had been torn down. There was no, <gasps> you know, there was no cushioning or anything. So what they did was after this, after the whole deal was announced, right, and we know that there was going to be continuity now, they did an update. And it said after further investigation, it's been discovered that uh, Jack Draconi never blipped away at all and was faking his situation as a way to claim insurance money. His name was posted on the local docket this week oh, after being arrested for insurance fraud and sentenced to months in prison. That's oh, a great kind of retraction on that. Um, you know, it's kind of funny that they're doing this whole, you know, take on like fake news because they're like J. Jonah Jameson's our hero because of, you know, all the fake news out there. So they're really having a lot of fun with it. And I got to give it to them for the PR, you know, still keeping everything fresh and really driving it home because really that, that kind of makes it more like it makes it more immersive like when you, even if you're reading on the site like that kind of makes me want to go see the movie again like or like just put it on it's pretty cool yeah I, you know, and i'm interested to see how they're going to take it now that he's been unmasked yeah and i think that's going to be and, uh, an thing in the next spider-man movie and what's funny well, is i I saw I fan made. Forgot that run. Like I read that run, where his uh, his identity was was uh, forced out. Well, what's funny is I saw a fan made poster that was called the movie was Spider Verse, and it had the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland Spider Man all on the cover. Oh, I saw that too. I wasn't. Very, it, it was. It was I don't know. It could be kind of cool, but. Honestly, I think that the Spider-Verse needs to be left for the animated movies and not for the live action. Uh, I don't agree. I think uh, the the multiverse, the Spider-Verse, would be an interesting way for him to kind of like kick off his own like set of movies. But um, uh, it's a little too premature for that, too. And you need... You need all of the I, I like. I feel like you need all of Spider-Man's villains, like everything in your repertoire, in order to to tell like good stories. And you don't have them all, or even yeah. like the allies, because I mean, Sony still owns some of those too. We've barely seen the Sinister Six too. I mean, we've seen Vulture. Yeah, we've that's seen all we've seen. Sho- we've seen Shocker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's really you know, it. In a way, we've seen. Yeah, it wasn't a real shocker. It was more like you're going to get shocker. Here's your here's your gauntlet. So, I think that was more of a nod. Yeah, because I don't think they were really planning on having an actual shocker. Yeah. So, on the the gaming side, so Jerry, how do you feel about your uh, favorite crack game, Red Dead Redemption, not getting single player DLC? Fine, I'll just replay the game. Say my opinion is good because he doesn't need more to do on it, so he can play some other games. I would like, I, I like. I, don't get me wrong; I'm disappointed. I would like more, and I was hoping that whole that whole uh, rumor of them redoing Red Dead One and adding it would have been. I thought that was a great idea, and th- that got me so hyped for the for the game again. But uh, I mean. In hindsight, it'll like it's fine. I, I won't be I playing. Know. I'll be playing other games. I think that you guys could have got. I mean, should have gotten some DLC to go along with. I know it's a big game. There's a lot to do in it, but to give you guys more mm. to do is I think I didn't really. Great. I didn't really expect 
it all that much unless if I heard more about the whole Red Dead One uh, implementation. Um, when I didn't hear that much about it, I pretty much knew that it was going to be just online DLC because that's what they do. That's what Rockstar does. Yeah, they they're moving especially in that path. With, of, yeah, of especially GTA with Rockstar, like, especially with GTA Five, still going on, still making money. Mm-hmm. But now they're in the beginning stages with Red Dead, mm-hmm. offering all these all these new uh, DLCs and and all all new like online play stuff. That's just going to make more money for them. So I can see why that's more of a that's their decision. So I wasn't like after not hearing that much about the new Red Dead one game um i knew it was going to be online so i mean i'm okay with it because i know how rock rockstar works um and obviously i love i love their games so i mean i can't yeah you you pretty much i mean yeah you pretty much love on everything they do uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> so speaking of loving everything they do uh this is some bad news for Nintendo when the Switch Lite just got added to the Joy-Con drift lawsuit. Mm-hmm. This thing just came out on the Two 20th, ago. and it's already part of the lawsuit. It's because Nintendo decided to take the cheap route and use the same exact design and setup of the original Joy-Cons in the Switch Lite. And this is this is one thing that everybody was worried about was, hey, you're now basically putting this into one unit instead of having detachable Joy-Cons. Right. And now... So it, it, so if, if I may, the drift you mean is like when you work the analog too much and it stays to one side and you have to... Or like, it starts having like... It's not so much where you keep using it so much. It's just basically you'll stop using the analog, just let it go, like stop. And uh-huh. it'll still think it's moving. So literally right. drift. Right, yeah. right, right. So oh, okay. there's been people that have said they've used their Switch like barely 20 hours. And they're right. already having drift issues. Which doesn't make sense why they used the original when they were developing uh, sw- uh, Switch 2.0 anyways. I don't understand well, why they, the didn't, they didn't just use those. Well, yeah, the problem is, is that in the Switch Classic 2.0s that we all have... Those Joy-Cons, they have a slightly different material, but everybody thinks those are going to eventually have drift issues as well. The upside to ours is is that if we start having that problem, we can just go get a set of Joy-Cons and replace them if we had to. Right, instead of needing to replace the whole system. True. Speaking of speaking Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Theo, what are you firing up? I saw that. I ain't doing nothing. What are you talking about? Uh Uh-huh. I'm paying Link's complete Awakening. attention. Complete yeah, attention. Yeah, playing Link's Awakening. 100%, 100%. attention. 100%. 100%. Yes, but he can't math. So. No, I can't math. <laughs> can't math. Yeah. So honestly, though, I this is bad for Nintendo. I mean, you hype the lights so much as being the, the one to repl- almost replace the DS, and all of a sudden, it's now part of a class action lawsuit already. Two weeks right. in. I don't know. I mean, mm. like, definitely would have thought that they would have had that coming. But I mean, how long has the lawsuit been active, anyways? Like, it's only been months? a couple of months that it's actually moved into the courts. 
Yeah, so they were probably already in manufacturing anyways for the light in preparation for shipping and everything. So I kind of can't blame them for using something that they didn't think was necessarily huge issue at the time. Right? Well, but they knew it was an issue even beforehand because you got to remember about a month, month and a half ago, we talked about on the podcast that – they were going to be replacing everybody's joy cons right you know for free that had had them serviced mm-hmm. you know or experiencing the drift issue or if they had already paid for it at least once they were going to go ahead and refund them the you know the repair costs so i mean they knew about it i just maybe Maybe they didn't think people would use the the joysticks as much since they were getting a full-on D-pad. I don't know, but I mean, I played with one hands-on, and I felt that the you know the A, B, X, and Y buttons were a little soft, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, you did drop the price on it a hundred bucks by changing a part of the design of the system. So right. I mean, I right. do like I do like the tactile feel of the buttons on two point yeah, yeah, I do. Um, now let's move into another game that we've all been enjoying since it came out. Borderlands three been addressed that, uh, Troy Baker did not reprise his role of Reese from tales of the borderlands for borderlands three. It's actually a completely different actor. Um, Troy Baker actually came out after having questions asked for him at a recent, um, retro replay, um, meet and greet. And, he was saying that, so they came to me and they were like, do you want to do this? Troy said, which I said, absolutely. Then they made it impossible for me to do the role. It has had nothing to do with money. They just simply would not go about doing it the way we needed it to be done. So then it was like, I never said no. So basically what it is, is that because Troy Baker is part of um, SAG-AFTRA as a union member, he can only take union jobs. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Or by contract, the director has a contract with the union. So Gearbox, in their infinite wisdom, decided to come out and say, Troy is an exceptional talent, and we were disappointed that he declined to partner on Borderlands 3 after being offered the part. We wish him the best and hope he knows the offer to collaborate with him still stands. Gearbox is a Texas company, is bound by Texas law, or Texas law, which means that a person cannot be denied employment because of membership or non-membership in a labor union or other labor organization. And as a talent-owned and led organization, Gearbox enthusiastically works for to ensure our pay and working conditions meet to exceed union standards. We also believe strongly in hiring local voice actors whenever, which we which is why we're thrilled Troy's career really took off after working with us. Mm. Um, that's a WTA. rather bold that statement. Is cool. Yeah, that's I mean, quite that the is, bold statement. Yeah. Is, is like, uh, we help build your career. Troy's mm. been, like, I looked at his IMDb. Troy's been doing this since the, the mid-90s. Right. So to say that his career took off after working with them – do they forget the little title he worked on called Last of Us? Right. Just saying. Now, SAG has stepped in to help, you know, bolster Troy's defense. 
And, you know, they said we're fully aware of the anti-labor right to work for less laws that help explain why Texas has more minimum wage workers than any state in the union. Mm. Employers in Texas and other right to work for less states nevertheless routinely work under SAG after agreements with no legal obstacle at all. To the extent that Gearbox's statements reflects legitimate ignorance, Gearbox could easily have asked that question during the discussions with SAG which they did not. If indeed Gearbox meets or exceeds our contract standards in their treatment of performers, which we highly doubt, it would be it would have cost them nothing to sign the union's agreement and retain the original cast of their game. You know, uh-huh. while SAG does not comment on member discipline um, matters, we observe that SAG members who work for certain non-union employers not only deprive themselves of the benefits of a union agreement. They lower the standards of their all their peers and facilitate the abuse and exploitation of performers. Jeez. You know, I gotta give it to SAG for coming to, to Troy's backing on this one. It's actually come out that Gearbox offered voice roles to their employees who were salaried. Uh-huh. Let that sink in for a minute. So instead of dealing with SAG, they offered vo- certain voice roles to their employees uh. who were salary, so they could get around having to do union contracts and all of that. Right. I just, knowing that if you look up some of the voice, like the people who play certain parts in their games, you can't find them. Like, you know how um, in the game... Um, Liliana has the overlay of her physical appearance, right? In game, it's a physical actor. There's uh-huh. nobody listed for that part on IMDb. Oh, wow. The oh, voice yeah. actor for the role is, but not the face. Same thing with Tannis. It's the voice, not the face that's listed on IMDb. Right. So we know how. Randy has gotten into it with his former employees slash actors, which come to find out the original voice of Claptrap used to work for Gearbox. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was one of those things that they used him as. Hi. Hi. Are you saying hi to everybody as they're listening to this? Hi, Cody. What's up, Code Dog? Code Dog. He's been saying Kodog to him since the beginning. So Kodog. let's move on to let's move on to our uh, our platform of choice uh, for most of our games, except Sony PlayStation. Yep. You know, Theo over there playing Destiny on PC and uh, oh, yeah, I'm playing Destiny on Switch. He's playing Link's Awakening during the podcast. Let's put it that way. So, um, PlayStation Now gaming podcast. Thank you very much. I oh. am contributing to what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know what? One of these nights, while we're doing the podcast, we're gonna have to play some Mario Kart. Like I said, <laughs> I want to see that happen. Anyways, so PlayStation Now has a price cut <laughs> to nine ninety nine per month or sixty bucks for a year. Yep, you know what that means. <laughs> So with this price cut, they also announced that God of War, GTA 5, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4 are going to be added to the service. Mm. So that's huge. That means PC gamers 
will be able to play God of War. They'll be able to play Infamous, Uncharted, games that are console exclusives. Right. So maybe this is a precursor to what might be coming further down the line. You know? I think they're getting ready to maybe move maybe move off of consoles after, you know, after the five. Right. I mean, either way, like the five and Project Scarlet is basically just trying to put a computer in a smaller form factor anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always been the end game is to compete with uh, PC. Right. A beautiful, you know, beautiful PC. And it, and it, it doesn't hurt them to do this. It, it kind of puts their foot in the water, so to speak, because we know they had that deal with Microsoft to work on a cloud gaming platform. So this may be that next evolution that they're looking for because they do have, you know, the ability to play remote play on your iPhone and your iPad now, mm-hmm. which I did mess around with the other night. And it's not bad, actually. Really? It is. I hate to say it more stable on my iPhone and iPad to do remote play than it was with my Vita. Nah. Well, that's not surprising because I mean, because, well, the, the Vita Vita's- Vita's hardware is so outdated compared to the iPhone and iPad now, at least at the current generations. Because you have the you have the iPhone eight, which like it uh, was post dated past the Vita by at least what four years or something. I mean, there's huge hardware advancements in in that amount of time. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's turn our attention to the new release coming out next month, Death Stranding, which. I know Jerry's eagerly waiting for. I'm going to try it, even though I'm not a Kojima fan. But it has come out that you will not be required to have PlayStation Plus to play the game. However, there's no news yet on what components of the game will require PSN Plus, if anything. But I think a lot of it. I don't think there's any online aspects of the game, is there? There is, because everybody is working at restoring the world and everything back to what it was. So basically it's all supposed to have like strings attached to it and everything. So I don't know. I mean, at this point, nobody knows what this game is anymore because you know, everything that's come out and did anybody know what it was when they first saw it anyways? No, not really. First we were like, what the heck is this baby? And then we're like, Oh, it looks like he's just a delivery guy. Now we don't know what it is. Um, now speaking of the baby, it more messed up. You think he's a de- a delivery man of a baby? Like he's delivering? Oh no, babies. not delivering the baby. I'm just like he's just a delivery man. He's taking a bunch of boxes oh. across the country. Okay. But speaking of the baby, it has come out that you will hear the baby cry through your controller as you rocket to sleep. That's so creepy. Yeah, that would kind of creep me out. I'm gonna try it. I want to see I how it's going to be at first, and I then I'm going to turn people, it off. I just see people cradling their controller and rocking it to sleep. And like, oh, that's so weird. They're there, little guy. They're there. I mean, yeah, that'd be kind of creepy. That sounds you know, creepy. It wasn't that long ago you were rocked to sleep. I mean, so Jerry's <laughs> really good at swaddles. Oh, dang. <laughs> what? I am. I know how to take care of my <laughs> You heard it, ladies. He's good you with babies. You wish, Matt. 
He's good with babies. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even need to go there. That's just too much, Jerry. Too much. You wish, sir. You wish. You wish you had these large bear-like arms just cuddling you up. No. No. No, no, I really don't. No, thank you. It's, it's the it's the because beard, dude. It's too scratchy. I, I, hum, I, I humbly decline, sir. Dude, I'd be too busy coughing on your beard. <laughs> Wait, What's your little... mouth around his beard? Yeah, dude. Dude, we were talking about like spooting. Hey, we were talking about least, spooting. At least what, wear a hair out there. At least wear a hairnet when you come. I, I don't. I don't know. I go all natural and all <laughs> all animalistic. Animalistic. Oh my no God. hair nets. <laughs> okay. So, PlayStation <laughs> <Anyways>. 5. <laughs> so, let's talk PlayStation 5 for a minute. So, Sony's actually um, registered a patent for PlayStation Assist. And this comes from an um, article over on T3.com um, who had pictures of the patent and everything. But In the article, they read as Sony has reserved the right to a new feature it calls PlayStation Assist. According to information included in the patent documentation, the tool uses AI to provide players with real-time assistance should they hit a dead end. It's expected to do this by highlighting areas of interest in a scene, such as location of a hidden weapon. Um, In fact, with the visuals, it looks like it's going to be like a voice-controlled resource. So it'll kind of pop up in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. Um, and it will fire up, you know, just fire it up, put in a, you know, speak to it, give it a command, uh, and it'll start helping you out. And also from the illustration, it looks like it's going to have an Android or iOS application to go with it. Oh, so basically it's doing what Google Stadia is going to try and do, except for it's just not going to take you out to YouTube. It's just going to do it right in game for you. Oh, that's cool. I like it. You know, we'll see how it, we we'll see how it works. We'll see how many people, how many studios actually, you know, put in the blueprints for their levels and stuff into the game code to yeah, that too allow the AI to do it. Um, but if my system's going to help me with that, and I don't have to go look up Google or watch a full fledged YouTube uh, right video. As you're doing it, yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, just happening right then and there. I'm all for it. So that's some positive news. Yeah, However, Sony contributing to the laziness of everybody. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, you know, we had these things called paper strategy guides that you had to go out and buy. Damn right. You know, I miss those days. I don't. Why? Why don't you miss those days? Because game stores would hike up the prices for those That's stupid true. game guides like the first couple weeks when the game comes out, especially when you want it. And then after a month, it's it's like discounted like 50%. Right. Yeah. Which makes no, sense because the demand goes down. It's basic economic. No. 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 No, See, I'm, they did I'm that sorry, for Jerry, you weren't that great of a gamer to where that you needed the strategy Ooh, guide. No. First of all, I was that good of a gamer that I never <laughs> bought a strategy guide. 
Only because it's so expensive. For myself. Only because it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm cheap. <laughs> That's why he still has CDs laying around. I'm, I'm, I'm paying for no game guide. <laughs> What, that's and what Game Facts all, is for? Yeah, there were Game Facts. There was, like, yeah, internet sites true. that did walkthroughs. I read. I read were you, the, were you the type that went and got the Game Genie? Oh, and got the code. I, I only got that for, for like, Sega games, like, because it enhanced the... First of all, I beat my Sega games, and then I used the fun cheats. Like, especially for... Uh, uh-huh, sure. Uh-huh. For 64, for uh, WrestleMania and uh, No Mercy. There were... I don't I don't know about you guys, but I never got the timing right for blocking. And Why did just, you need, hold on? You needed a cheat code to for WCW NWO No Mercy. Say that again. You need say that again. No, no, no. I thought I thought that was the WCW game. WCW. Screw WCW. WWF, bro. Get it right. My God. Ew, ew. So you were like a Nitro fan? Do you like oh. WCW and Blazer and Taser and the... the? It was all about Taser. Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg. It was all about Goldberg and Sting. Because, yeah, where are they today? Um, Goldberg is over in WWF showing up every occasionally. Sting was on there a while back. Yeah, because WWF is king. <gasps> and where's WCW? Oh, that's right. They got bought by WWE. Oh, yeah, that's right. And now part of the talent left for that new AEW startup that. Which was also founded by an ex WWE wrestler. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I find zero entertainment value out of wrestling, but okay, go for it. So we used to, we used to watch it, not for the stories or anything, but we used to watch it to see how bad the camera guy would screw up. (laughs) (laughs) because the thing is for it to for them to make it real in quotation air quotes was the cameraman had to hit his spot so that way when something happened like a slap or chair shot it would look like they were actually getting hit it was at the right angle yeah yeah so we would watch to see how bad they'd screw up or to see if you could catch the you get the cameraman screwing up and you see the uh, wrestler take like a razor blade out from like their outfit. What are you talking about? They got cut stones. from the hit of, of a chair. <laughs> oh, really? One of the most famous chair shots I know it was famous. WrestleMania <laughs> history was Hogan pulling out a razor blade yeah. from underneath his wristband <laughs> oh, and cutting himself. Yeah. And I, mean, I think it was there was another one where it showed. I think Triple H got caught once, mm-hmm. and uh, no. uh, I think Stone Cold even said a, a a story once where he like had had it under his wrist tape and like cut himself, but he ended yeah. up going too deep, yep. where it just like kept drenching yeah. him on his face. Now, don't get me wrong. What they do from an athletic standpoint, I mean, you got to be super athletic to do a lot of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes, there are going to be bumps and bruises and and whatnot. And, you know, somebody had, you know, broke their neck um, when Diesel did a. uh, The uh, powerbomb. So that's why certain moves are now banned is because people got injured. So. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. And the only one that's allowed to do the tombstone is the Undertaker. 
Because it's not a an authentic pile driver. No, because he does it if you catch it just right. He where he latches onto him to do it. They don't, even, they yeah, they don't, don't ever hit the, the. They don't actually hit the mat. Yeah. But he's also been doing it for decades, yeah. so he knows how to do it. So and he and he's done it to opponents that have been like twice as huge as him. Yeah, like the guy is strong as hell. But yeah, so, I, uh, I I really enjoyed. WWE and like I got into the storylines they were a lot of fun that's why I love those games so like for me those are like the best oh, still the best wrestling games from Nintendo 64 ever yeah we used to sit around doing the the WCW one with me and my friends doing the the tag team matches and stuff and we had fun with it we'd create our own characters and and go at it I don't know how you had but, fun with the WCW game dude I don't know how you had fun with the WWE game back then because they were better well, then we would quickly go to Star Fox 64, and that'd be it for the rest of the night. <laughs> so let's let's digress back to Sony. Um, it came out on Twitter on the 30th that Sean Layden is leaving PlayStation. And we're not talking like an official announcement from Sony or anything like they would a normal PR. This was a tweet. Right. And it was it is with great emotion that we announced the, that Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE, which is Sony Interactive Entertainment. His his visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in future endeavors and are deeply grateful for his years of service. Thank you for everything. Thanks for everything, Sean. Now. When this all came out, it was a big shock to everybody. Everybody was even questioning if this was real. Like, did the PlayStation's account get hacked? You know, something along those lines. Because normally something like this is a PR statement. So in an article over on WCCF Tech, um, it's also come out that what we didn't know is uh, Atsushi Morita, uh, who is the SIE Japan president, he's also leaving. So in a story over on gamedaily.biz it looks like it's potentially over a power struggle between them and SIE world CEO and president Jim Ryan who went from being the deputy president to head of SIE in less than a year so he leapfrogged Sean Layden and everything wow in less oh, than wow. a year um and they're also reporting that efforts to bring all of the SIE branches under one worldwide umbrella has caused some confusion as business practices, marketing, it's all different from region to region. This combined with a power struggle has led a lot of conf- uh, a lot of the teams, you know, development teams, staff and everything to have some confusion as they head into the PlayStation 5. Um, even the information on the PS5 is trickling out slowly to first-party teams, third-party teams. Um, and even an anonymous developer has said, this is the least amount of clarity we've ever had on a new game console this close to transition. I believe that the global restructuring is exponentially exasperating the already difficult process of transitioning to a new generation, and now we're getting nervous, very nervous. You know, I get power struggles. It happens all the time. But this is something bigger. And remember when I when John Drake left, I thought, what the heck happened with PlayStation that let that had him leave? Uh, now you've got Sean Lane leaving. You've got a uh, sushi leaving as well. 
this close to PlayStation Five, it makes me question, you know, a lot of things. And I hope they get their their power struggle figured out by launch, or they're going to lose this generation because right now Phil Spencer is making all the right PR moves right now, talking about how they want everybody to be able to game, take down the barriers. Um, we know that Project Scarlet is going to be a big console. Yeah. So as much as I, I love, I love PlayStation. I will always love Uncharted, but if they don't get to their act together, they're not going to have the games early in the life cycle to make the PlayStation five a success. Oh no. Yeah. And then given with it's already, uh, a complicated price point where a lot of people are estimating it's, going to be pretty expensive 600 yeah. 800 you know just to start off you know that's just more that's going against them yeah and that's the thing is if it comes out at that price point having a ps4 pro knowing that there's gonna be games that'll be coming out for it still i you know i could wait on a ps5 until they figure it out until we get games for it so it, it just it worries me because Sean Layden is is the face of that company, you know. And what's funny is that um, the Game Awards, right? You had Reggie, Phil, and Sean all on stage together talking about the future of the, the company or the the industry, rather. And, and two of them some, are gone now. Somebody actually put together a meme, and I sent it to you guys, of basically somebody snapping out. You know, oh, Reggie geez. and um, Reggie and Sean, and the only one left standing was Phil. <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of sad. Like generationally, they've been around for so long. Oh yeah, it's kind of scary to think like, what's going to happen now? What are they going to do? Yeah, who's going to take over? And as of right now, it's just Jim Ryan. Nobody said anything else. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes you wonder just how how things are going to go out with the PlayStation 5. Because I think that they are running the risk now with the way stuff has come out about it, this being another PS3 start. Mm. Which is something they can't afford. They, they can't afford that they, slow of a I think it was start. different with 360 and PS3, right? Yeah. Because... You had you had teams that just had to figure out the hardware because the right. cell processor was so different. But now it's the same it's the same tech that's in the PS4, just upgraded. You know, with current gen, well, <laughs> as current gen as you can get before you take it out of the box. Because mm-hmm. you know, PC Master Race, that new stuff's coming out weekly, daily, sometimes. Um, that's heads and tails above everything else. So. I, it's definitely going to be wait and see. I'm going to, you know, we'll see next year what they do with PS5 and how they go from there. But I just hope their the struggle doesn't ruin what could be a great system at launch. Yeah. And, of... and depending on what Microsoft does and if they play it right, they may they may jump out of the gate and not look back again. And then we're looking at another, you know, Xbox 360 just for the modern era. Right. Because what they're doing with Game Pass now is amazing. I mean, Gears Gears of War Five was readily available day one, right? And then we got the little engine that could Nintendo sitting over there going, while you guys are you know having a pissing contest, we're just releasing great games. 
Yeah. I mean, Fire Emblem, Legend of Zelda. I mean, both Link's Awakening, Breath of the Wild. I mean, you had Astral Chain coming out. You're getting ready to have Luigi's Mansion. Witcher 3 is coming. There's a lot of stuff that Nintendo's doing right. And I would hate to see uh, PlayStation go from first to third. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Well, it will is I... anybody. It is anybody's game at this point right yeah. now. Although uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be praising Nintendo that hard. That I mean, they are making some good moves and better moves that they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, they are putting out some original content, but I mean, a lot of the games you mentioned have already been out. Witcher three. Oh yeah, Witcher three. Been yeah. Out. But, but the fact is that they are coming Witcher out with newer games. Yeah, it's that, does, that makes it a small a small margin of, like for it to move up. But once again, I think uh, the moment Microsoft and Xbox unveil their consoles with a strong starting lineup of games, uh, which is hopefully what they do. I, I think that nope. I think microsoft's going to come out swinging with a lot of stuff next year and we know halo infinite is going to be a day one launch with project scarlet hopefully all right so let's get to what we've been playing jerry i'll start you off what are you playing oh breakpoint breakpoint uh yeah i'm zelda and breakpoint as of right now on borderlands 3 playing with you guys yeah, have you been enjoying Breakpoint? Because I mean, like, we weren't really entirely impressed that much at E3. The it's much, much better gameplay wise at from from E3. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but I will I will say this: it's like honestly, it's more of the uh, story driven aspect. Like, I th- I think this game will attract. Basically, Ghost Recon fans. If you played Wildlands mm-hmm. and you really enjoyed Wildlands, you're going to enjoy this game. And that's what I've been seeing on Twitter from a lot of people that you know play Division, but they also play Ghost Recon. And they pretty much said, if you enjoyed Wildlands, you're going to enjoy Breakpoint. Yeah, it, there's nothing else really special about it. It's you can still do vehicles. Like there's the like little subtle differences in the game that make it. Uh, a little bit better than Wildlands, but uh, that's really it. I mean, if you're a fan, you'll like it. If you weren't, I really wouldn't recommend it to you because it, it's very much a longevity type of game, kind of like Wildlands. Just something to take your time on, play, advance your character. I mean, if you're heavy into the uh, online, um, there's a lot of long, uh, online aspects to play with a group, but... I never did that. I just played the single campaign story and went through it and upgraded my my character, and that was it. But that's what I loved about Wildlands and the other Ghost Recon games. So, I mean, I'm really enjoying this one. Uh, the story's fun, and the, uh, the new atmosphere and the new world is fun. Um, but like I said, it's, it's for true, like, Ghost Recon fans. So, Theo... Outside of Link's Awakening, have you played much? No, not really. At least not since we last talked, because uh, I had the tournament and everything. Did you get so to play? Did you get to fire up the new Destiny expansion? Nope. 
I actually also forgot that it moved over to Steam, so I'm needing to reinstall it. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah. Right, Robert. they did move it to Steam. Yep, it is off of Blizzard and it is solely on Steam. Uh, oh, I think wow. they. I'm pretty sure they did that because of the free to play thing. I'm I'm tempted to just fire it back up and just to see what it's like. I mean, I still have fun with it. Like, I think it's better that you bring it back up now. Like, I don't think you remember how it was when it first started, but I mean, like. Oh, I remember amount, how awful it was. I mean, with the amount of changes with yeah. the weapons and everything since Forsaken, like, I think you'd enjoy it again. And that's what I've that's what I've heard um, is that the tuning that they've done on it has made it a whole lot better. My deal is that they were just reusing maps, reusing characters. Like, here's your enemy. Oh, it's got a new skin on it. You know, uh, it was, have you played Borderlands yet? Well, Borderlands is like they ripping off everybody. It's the it's same as two. It's the same yeah. game. Well, no, what I mean is like Destiny Two, right? You you expect it to have better things, but it's like, oh, here we go, same map. I thought it did have better things. I like Destiny Two. I like some of the guns. I like what you could do with some of the the shaders and stuff, and you could you could shade individual pieces of your armor. But I also didn't like the fact is you it was all re, it was all usable stuff that you couldn't change your shaders at will without having to buy the map for it. That was well. There were one little there were little things that I kind of missed from one that they implemented in two. Um, like the big thing, like once you got a shader, that was it. You didn't have to worry about running out and like using it once and then not being able to like I liked just trying out different shaders and seeing what I liked. Um, But Uh, they changed that shaders isn't a currency anymore. Oh, Oh, they changed it. Yeah, they changed that a long time ago. Shaders aren't currency anymore. But that was one of the things that didn't deter me from the game. I I, like I thought I spent more time on Destiny 2 than I ever did on Destiny 1. I really enjoyed the game. It was just. It kind of, I kind of got burnt out, and another game came out, so I just didn't continue with it. And I didn't like the, I didn't like the change to the hunter. It just why? So I thought they were. I thought I liked the changes. Going from blade dancer to having a staff and whirling around, just I didn't like that change. It's like it was just, it was better. It didn't, it wasn't broken. And then I didn't like what they did with Titans by giving you infinite slams while it was running. Well, they, ner- they nerfed that. Nerfed so, that a long time ago. But they also brought back your knives. It's just not um, electric anymore. It's the it's the, the void now. So it's like Void Dancer, so basically it's daggers and zipping back and forth? Uh, uh, not as much. It's still zipping back and forth, but you can also go invisible. <laughs> That's cool. It's a lot of fun. I like it. It's it's especially with uh, there's like a special exotic armor that it will um, extend your super that makes you invisible as long as you get a kill with it. Oh, they had that in uh, Destiny One as well. Yeah, with the staff, like as long as you got kills, it kept on going. But the nice thing with the void blades is that um, it's a more often than not, it's a one-shot kill on PvP. Mm. The one thing I would have loved in Destiny 2 was to wear multiple exotics and use multiple exotics as weapons. Why? 
That's making and, it too OP. That's like having. But, that, but that's, that's everybody. Like having Borderlands right now with having a full stack of legendaries in Borderlands is like you become so OP. You're and especially if you're playing like PvP, your player versus player online. Like, why would you want to go stack up against the person that has the amount of time and or maybe even money to get the exotics before you, and you're just at a huge disadvantage. That's part of it. That's even part wow. of getting Dude. the other armor too. Destiny two just takes time. Brand new is two dollars and ninety seven cents at GameStop. Well, I mean, because it's free to play right now. So why <laughs> would know. you? Why would you go buy it? Yeah, you just gotta I, go I put it, it on, on your PC. Library. Yeah, I, I bought it, it digitally. Library. So um, I mean, the, that, for, the only thing even, I would go for the exotics to have, like, if you yeah. wore like two armor pieces, it would give you like a certain perk or something. I mean, they like, did that, that in nice. Destiny. They did that in Destiny One with class items. They had exotic class items yeah. that you could wear. I just like there were times when I really wanted to wear a certain chest piece and a, and a helmet that looked like really cool together, mm. but I just couldn't because you can only wear one. So you just cared about the aesthetics. I really, yeah. I mean, if if they gave you a little bit more aesthetics when it came to the armor and stuff. See now that would probably be a good, a decent idea that they yeah. should do is make ornaments for just purely a look. Like you can put on whatever you want and overlay it with an ornament, so you get a specific look. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that would be doing something like that because that's the one thing, like I always liked about like Destiny One. Which getting some of that, even though it wasn't like the exo- all of it was exotics, but just getting pieces that look so good together. Yeah. But to Jerry's point, though, even then there was still stuff that was like, hey, these two pieces look really cool together, but you can't use them. Right. Or if you did use them, you're you wouldn't have enough light, or it wouldn't like aesthetically give you the armor that you the armor amount that you needed to to continue or be stronger. Or I guess the easy way that would accomplish everything, put random rolls on the equipment. Because they usually do a stat focus, but they have a random roll for perk. If they have random roll stats, you can just farm huh? for it. And that would definitely accomplish what they always want players to do, is to continue to play and aim for a specific thing that they're going for all the time. Mm. So like I said, I might, I might play it. We'll see. I got too much stuff on my backlog right now. Anyways, I'm still trying to finish Link's Awakening, and I'm I'm still only at working on the fourth instrument on Link's Awakening. I just I don't know. I've been I'm, I'm really close to the fourth. Nice. I'm still trying to figure out how to get to the third. So, you know, <laughs> you figured out to get to the third yet? No, but I haven't really put a lot of time into it either. So, oh. Uh, the same i'm struggling with the fourth i'm like it took me like two hours plus in order to figure out how to get into the desert for some reason Oof. yeah <laughs> so before we call things a, a night tonight i gotta ask you did you guys jump on the the fixture s1 and what? order one of the new ones uh i did not, not I, yet. Haven't ta- I haven't talked to austin so the Campaign is live on Indiegogo, and they've he's already surpassed. Yeah, he already made his goal. His goal, as, as he should, because it's a brilliant idea and concept, and it's great that he does it. Uh, 
the way that he does. And it, with it being all 3D printed, it's not only great for the consumers because it's going to come at a great price for mm-hmm. them, but it's going to also be really cheap for him. So he's going to make a massive profit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has one left on a fixture S1 production model, which he did change it up to where um, you have a, a hole in the back of it for charging, which is something he talked to us about at E3 that he wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's got one left. That'll be estimated shipping for, in March. But that was for charging the pro controller, right? Yeah. While you're using, he already the, had hole for the, for the switch. Or, I mean, it's open for the Switch anyways. Yeah. Uh, but this was more for the controller. And then he's got production model left for, you know, March. Looks like he's got some left on that one. He's got some of the Founders Editions ones, which look like ours that we got, just red and blue. Um, but he's sold out of a ton. It's great. Which is awesome. And I, and I love the fact that he's getting... He's getting this much love for it right now. I mean, their goal was twenty thousand, and they're at thirty-three thousand with seven hundred and seventy backers. Wow! Yeah. So I hope it succeeds. Um, we've been I've been talking to Austin. Um, hopefully, we can get him on the podcast here uh, soon uh, to talk about Fixture S One um, because I do know that they it was it was a smart thing that he renamed it from Switch Fix to Fixture S One. Because I think if he brought it to market with Switch Fix, Nintendo would have had something to say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that being said, yeah. I want to thank everybody for uh, crashing game night with us tonight. If you like what you heard, guys, please absolutely leave those comments. It helps with the rankings on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, please also don't forget to follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And check out our crashing game night channel on Apple News our CGN podcast Twitter account, and of course, CrashingGameNight.com. I want to say everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Later, nerds. Tell your friends. Tell your friends.